Hello and welcome everybody back to Eyes on the Mize. My name is John, and after a good week off, we have Ian back. I'm back. How was Hamilton? Give it, it was amazing. All right, so I'm huge in Hamilton. If you're huge into Hamilton too, you know why. It's an amazing show, but it's just that much better in person. Like, it's insane. But I do want to give a quick thank you so much to Vinny, who filled in for me last week. Thank you so much, dude. Really appreciate it. Yeah, Vinny did a fantastic job. I agree. Um, we've already had a few people um, ask, can we have Vinny back, like, just to talk standard sometime? And we'll see how it goes. Oh, absolutely. We'll have him back. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, this is episode number 44, the first episode of the new year of 2017. Uh, a set so good, it's revolting. Hey, I just found out there's a U.S. National Pun Championships. I need to get my training in now. Yeah, it's you should May. like you should you should get uh, your tutelage under LSV for that one. I mean, obviously he's he, he's I'm the pun apprentice. <laughs> Jesus, John. I know. You can't. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Anyways, before we get into all the fun Ether Revolt cards and Ian and my's uh, magic New Year's resolutions. A uh, few quick things, turning our eyes to the community. First up, uh, Lone Ready Run is doing their pre-pre-release again. This time it is Friday, January 6th, starting at 11 a.m. Pacific. Yeah, and we've got showing up this time. It is Gabe, Doc, Real. So Doc is actually making it out there. He's on his way out there right now uh, as we're recording. I think he hasn't landed yet. I don't know. Mm. But anyway, we'll uh, Jennifer Long, a.k.a. Mrs. Mulligan. She uh, writes Kenji... for Star City Games and Streams. Yes. Uh, she's a, t- a Twitch partner as well. Uh, Kenji Igashira, New Mountainami. Who's that And guy? Trick, Jarrett, uh, the head community team guy from Wizards of the Coast is going to be there as well, as well as four loading Ready Run members. I believe it's Graham, Kathleen, Adam, and I forget the fourth. Uh, all I know is I watched the most the latest tap tap to concede, and Cam and Graham both expressed the desire to be playing. So okay, I don't so know exactly who. I know Adam has started talking smack already, so I know I'm pretty sure Adam's in oh, of course. for it. So Also the 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 funny thing about this is that the full set drops on the sixth at eight oh, AM Pacific does, time. Yeah, so these guys have literally three hours to look at the full spoiler before the uh, stream goes live. That's assuming they, they're not deck building tomorrow like they did uh, with the last pre-release where they did the deck building the day before. Oh, oh my god, I forgot about that completely. <laughs> and then oh, someone's going to build on stream, no. probably Kenji and Doc, but, you know. Um, I To be honest with you, I really hope that they put Doc on stream for that. Oh yeah. Uh, again, remember, it's Friday, 11 a.m., Pacific time, January sixth. So it's kind of a usual change because usually on Saturdays, I was when I said Friday, I was like, no, because I'm working. But I get off work at three, so I'll only miss. But I also have lunch at eleven thirty, so I get to like see eleven thirty to one, and You'll probably then, see somebody build their deck. Yeah, and then I'll see like three p.m. afterwards. Yeah, so I get to because this is going to go a while, but it's not going to be as long as when. Uh, Blake was doing his panharmonic, oh, no. panharmon, panharmonic con shenanigans. I was trying to combine it together; it didn't work. Panharmonic con shenanigans. Yep, you can't really make that into like a shenanicam joke. Um, shenanicam being a camera that captures shenanigans. Okay, <laughs> it, it's a joke from when I was in college. Anyways, uh, that's uh, gonna be gotcha. happening uh, this weekend. 
two events are happening. One is GP Louisville's happening this weekend, which is Legacy. Unfortunately, it's not being streamed because the Super Sunday series is being streamed. And I believe the Super Sunday series is going to also be an Ether Revolt pre-release. Interesting. But yeah, it's a... um uh, the final Super Sunday Series of, yep. uh, championship, whatever you want to call it, um, as they are stopping that going into this upcoming GP season. Actually, I think it stopped as of the end of last year. Uh, I believe. I ago. think when I was at GP Milwaukee, they said that they were doing the last Super Sunday Series event there. Yeah, because they would have to have time, you know, get them playing tickets and everything. Yeah. So it's kind of sad to see that go, but there are a ton of other events happening now that are kind of filling the place of that Super Sunday series. So, yeah, we'll see I'll what Wizards s- has to come with. But yeah, Louisville is going to be huge because Legacy, and John and I are starting to get into Legacy, but we... I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know all what I want to know. Either. All I know is that I'm going to be casting Eldrazi and turning them sideways. Yeah, I'm going to be counting to ten. Most likely, or burning people out. Either or. I have both decks. I have burn and in, in, in infect. Well, infect's about ninety percent. That like last remaining is the wastelands I need. <laughs> By the way, quick aside, I uh, I opened a pack of EMA a few weeks ago, and I opened a foil EMA invigorate. Interested? Ooh, spicy. Yep. Yeah, I might have to ask. You, I might have to hit you up later about that one. <laughs> All right. Anyways, <laughs> gotta, let's go ahead have that foil. and. Talk about Ether Revolt because man, this set. You want you want to talk about, like we've we've got like a hundred or so cards unrevealed so far, and my God, the previews oh so my far. Jeebus. This set is pushed, dude. It's pushed. It is, it is doing so many so many sweet things. Earlier today, I asked we asked both of us asked out for any cards that you wanted to talk about specifically, and we'll talk about each of those cards individually at the end of our little tirade through these cards. And let's just start off with probably the cycle that has everybody talking that everyone didn't necessarily know was a cycle. And that was the expertises. Right. Yeah, because so so we saw the very first expertise as Yeheni's expertise, which is the two black black sorcery. All creatures get minus three, minus three to end a turn. And then it had that really cool, you may cast a card with converted mana cost three or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. We didn't know that was going to be a cycle. Uh, so far, we've seen the white, blue, and green, and the black one. We haven't yet seen the red one. We have not seen the red one, and also, each of the expertises are tied to a different legendary creature, and we've seen each of the legends except the red one. Right. So, it might be Pia? It's, I don't know. I don't think they're going to do a Pia's expertise with Pia not being in the set. They could. It would ruin some of the symmetry for me, at least. But no, we'll yeah, see. I knew, but it, we'll see who it is. But either way, um, one thing they did specifically uh, comment on, I saw this in an article, basically was that they set the expertise. You may cast a card from your hand with converted mana cost X or less without paying mana cost, so that you could actually play the expertise and then cast the legendary creature off of that for free for ultimate value. Yeah, for for straight up ultimate value. Um, so we want to just go through the the white, blue, and then green ones. Oh, let's do that because we've already talked about we already talked about Yehani's expertise back when it was revealed um, as the game day promo. Yes, so. or as the top. You know, it's the top eight promo. Yeah, oh, it's the top eight promo. Right. Yes, my bad. But well, the one white of the game one, day promos at the top eight. The white one is Sram's expertise. 
two white white sorcery. All the expertises are rare, and you create three one one colorless servo artifact creature tokens, and then you cast a a card with converted mana cost three or less from your hand. Yep. And uh, do you want to just okay? Do you want to just talk about the guy? That yeah, we can also just talk it? about Sram here too. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So Sram, senior edificer. It's edificer E D I. Uh, to start there is one in a white legendary creature dwarf advisor so there you go dwarf fans you got another one uh, it's a 2-2 two, two. Uh, whenever you cast an aura equipment or vehicle spell draw a card so I heard you like pure steel paladins yeah I mean this is just it's straight up it's a 2-2 two, two for 2 that gives you upside and draw if you're looking to do an aura equipment or vehicle so can't complain there he's definitely standard playable by the way just FYI uh, yeah, there's a vehicle deck. <laughs> yeah, no duh. Also, he's so, very interesting in Commander, but that's a whole other issue. Oh, yeah, totally. So, um, our next expertise... Well, hold on. First oh, thing I want on. to say about Sram's expertise, uh, this card is probably... It's going to see standard play, I imagine, because you can go Sram's expertise into Nissa Voice of Zendikar in a deck oh. that's already playing Oath of Ajani. Oh, jeez. You're talking... Okay, so, Sram's expertise... Into Nissa Voices and a car, plus Nissa Voices and a car. Now you got two twos, or no wait, minus. Well, mi- you minus her. Minus. And then you have three yeah. two twos. Yeah, and then you can just start taking her up a couple times, and then minus her a couple times, and yeah, do the do the whole Nissa shuffle. Yep. Um, also, Sram's expertise into Oath of Ajani is also kind of silly. You. Um, and Sram's expertise is most definitely going to be in my cube. I have a list of cards that I'm cubing, and Sram's expertise is definitely going to be one of those. I am not surprised in the least that you are already... It's like a slightly got... better Spectral Procession. <laughs> well, because you, you get something else for the extra mana. I know. Anyways, let's go ahead and go to the blue one, Ian. All right, so the blue one is Baral's Expertise. Uh, fans of the story will recognize the name for Baral. But anyway, uh, it's three blue-blue sorcery rare. It says return up to three target artifacts and or creatures to their owner's hands. Uh, the up to clause being great, just in case you don't want to return three and only two or less. Uh, it said, then it says you may cast a card with converted mana cost four or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. So the thing to note here is that all of these converted mana cost X or less will be one uh, CMC less than the actual expertise card costs. In the same article that you mentioned where they specifically pointed out that you can cast the legend off of each of the expertises, uh, they also mentioned that they did this cycle to help you feel more like an inventor so that you can create some silly combos. Um, for example, I've seen r- rumblings of Baral's Expertise being played in cubes because you can go Baral's Expertise, bounce my three creatures, and then cast Wrath of God. Jeez, oh, that's that's disgusting. It is. Um, or you can cast Supreme Verdict off of it. Ba- same idea, basically. Yeah, now, I mean... We haven't talked about Baral yet. Baral is the Chief of Compliance, one in a blue for a 1-3 human wizard, obviously legendary. Uh, instant of sorcery spells you cast cost one less, and whenever a spell or ability you control counters a spell, you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. So you get a counter looter. It's very interesting. Um, somebody has already asked me, do you play this in Modern Storm? Because it's basically an easier to cast Goblin Electromancer. I don't know if that's true or not. I do know that if Deccan Stone becomes more popular, then maybe I play more than one. 
or like because uh, Maelstrom Pulse can hit multiples, but I'm not sure yet. Either way, it still seems darn good. So the thing that I kind of that kind of piqued my interest with Baral here is I'm I've been kind of looking. You know, it's one of those like you carry your standard deck over, and I know mine's kind of running long in the tooth, but the old Thermo uh, Thermo Vault, so the Thermo Alchemist deck, um, this actually kind of is nice with making a lot of those spells cost one last. You can start churning off a bunch more spells a lot quicker. Oh, he seems like a shoe-in in the Dynavolt Tower decks. Oh, yeah, like just jam two of them, maybe three. You don't want to play four because he's legendary, but yeah, at two mana, you can probably just go uh... Thermo Alchemist into this guy, then cast one of your two mana burn spells for one on turn three. Oh, yeah. And start getting some value out of him. Also, so. it lets you do stuff, silly things with Collective Defiance, making it cheaper. Oh, jeez. Anyways. <laughs> Love it. We've uh, already so talked about the black one, but we haven't talked about Yeheni's card yet because they just got spoiled the other day as well. I know. Oh, my gosh. Great, great story character, and they have a very interesting card. Now, remember, we're using they because Aetherborn, which Yehenny is, are uh, genderless. Yes. So, now, John, Yehenny, tell us what yeah, Yehenny, tell us what Yehenny does. So, Yehenny is the Undying Partisan. They are two and a black for a two-two legendary Aetherborn vampire. Oh yeah, we got vampire. vampires back. Uh, Yehenny has haste. Uh, whenever a creature in a po- an opponent controls dies, you put a plus a plus counter on Yeheni, and you can sack another creature to have Yeheni gain indestructible until end of turn. Seems like they play well with tokens. Uh, definitely plays well with tokens, plays well with creatures that die. Um, now remember, it's whenever a creature an opponent controls, so you have to start killing their stuff. <clears throat> this is a new three-mana sack outlet with um, Zulaport Cutthroat. Oh, yeah. Because <coughs> Zulaport Cutthroat's still around. Yes, he is. So Yeheni and Cutthroat are probably going to be good friends. We'll see. It I really just depends think... if an aristocrat-style deck is going to be viable. Yeah, we'll see. But I still, I still like the cards. Very flavorful. And, again, there are those people. I know John and I were talking about this a little bit earlier today. Um, you know, there's those EDH players that love their tribal. Vampire's oh, yeah, getting right. some more boost in here. Plus, remember, we just came <laughs> off of... Um, you know, Zen, or not Zendikar, uh, Innistrad. Yeah, we came off of Innistrad, the plane of Innistrad, which has a ton of vampires. And I was like, well, we're just getting a block of vampires then. Yay. Where are we going to see vampires in, you know, a place like Kaladesh? Well, <laughs> here you go. Yep. There is another vampire we will be talking about later. But first, Ian, could you tell us about Rishkar and Rishkar's expertise? So... We'll go with Expertise first, uh, again. with It's a four green green, so it's six mana. Sorcery. Draw cards equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. You may cast a card with converted mana cost five or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. <laughs> so I, I've been seeing the speculations like you go, okay, turn five, Verdurous Gearhulk, turn six, draw eight cards. Then cast your other Verdurous Gearhulk you already drew? Yeah. <laughs> Which card's Expertise is silly. It's, it was given it's, to the command zone, and this card is going to be silly in commander. It's silly. It's gr- it's disgustingly gross and hilarious, and I love it. But it pairs up with Rishkar, Pima, Renegade. Uh, you might remember some stuff, Pima being like the woods and such. Uh, but it's two and a green for a 2-2 legendary creature elf druid. So there you go. More elves. 
and another druid, for those like in their tribal. Uh, when Rishkar Pima Renegade enters the battlefield, put a plus one plus one counter on each of up to two target creatures. Now that can be put on himself as well. Well, it doesn't you would make other. him into a three three, but yes. Well, but I'm saying like when it enters the battlefield, you can put an up, to, up to two target. I'm saying it doesn't say other target creature. Correct. Yeah. So uh, each creature you control with a counter on it has tap add green to your mana pool. So. For those of you who love those plus one plus one counters, he makes them all into mana dorks. Also, he works with any counters. So, car- so if you have minus one minus one counters on your creatures, if you somehow get charge counters, or bribery counters, or fate counters, or anything like that, they just turn into mana dorks. Yeah, it's good stuff. I A like lot it. Of backwards compatibility with Rishkar. Oh yeah, he seems like someone who is going to fit in well in older decks. I don't think... I, older elf decks don't really worry about counters too much to really make this worthwhile, but I'm sure some uh, EDH players out there are like, sweet. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Let me make all the mana and all of the dudes tap for it. So my only concern, because th- those are all the expertises and legends we know of, we haven't seen the red one yet, and my concern is that... The red one is just going to be underwhelming because I'm not sure what it's going to do. I'm sure they'll surprise us. Like, we'll, we'll probably go over it next week. We'll be sure to make a, t- a note to go over it next week to, to help complete the cycle once it gets revealed. Oh, absolutely. But, oh, yeah. Oh, so by the way, remember, so this week is the pre pre release next weekend. So, Martin Luther King Day uh, weekend is Martin Luther King Jr. Day weekend mouthful uh is the actual pre-release weekend yes the pre-release is the 14th to 16th it's it creeped up oh it did it definitely it definitely jumped jumped at us but anyway i'm cool with that so oh yes the expertise i i really like this cycle it's a really cool little rare cycle um absolutely it's it's the the casting a car without converting mana cost thing is i think it's a a neat little trick it is very dangerous but it is definitely i think it's definitely worthwhile Oh, there's definitely room to play around and have fun with it, which is, oh, yeah. I think, what they were hoping to get with those kind of cycles. So let's see oh, what yeah. the player base does with those. All right. Um, so now let's talk about a card that was spoiled today by Wedge over at the Mana Source with Exquisite Archangel. This card is so cool. So she is a 5 white white, uh, yes, 7 mana, for a 5-5 five, five creature angel with flying. This is a mythic rare. And she reads, if you would lose the game, instead, exile Exquisite Archangel, and your life total becomes equal to your starting life total. So, standard and everything else, regular constructor formats, that's 20. And in commander, that's, what, 40? Yes. There you go. So, there's some weirdness with Exquisite Archangel. Uh, The first is, if somebody mills you and then forces you to draw a card, you just exile the Exquisite Archangel, your life total becomes 20, if it wasn't already... And then you just continue on with that turn. Yeah, Matt Tabak's been fielding. The uh, head rules judge uh, at Wizards has been answering a bunch of questions about the lose the game clause on this one. So if it's something like infect counters where you would lose the game, you would exile Exquisite Archangel and then it would instantly check again on like state-based effect as you dying to 10 poison counters, you would die. You would, so you would exile it, gain the life, and then die again. Yes. Uh, the other thing with Exquisite Archangel is it doesn't stop your opponents from winning the game. 
So, for example, uh, with a car- if you have an alternate win condition such as uh, Lab Maniac in play for your opponent, and they draw a card, and they try to draw a card with an empty library, they still win the game. Archangel doesn't stop that. Uh, doesn't stop other alternate win effects like Battle of Wits, Test of Endurance, uh, Mortal Combat, or uh, the uh, alternate win condition in this set, which we'll get to later. Yeah, so funnily enough, and I'm pr- I do remember you guys talked about some of these those uh, uh, inventions last week. Platinum Angel. <laughs> Let's talk about a Nambo here, kids. A little bit. <laughs> Platinum Angel remembers the seven mana art- artifact creature angel that's a 4-4 flyer. says, you can't lose the game and your opponents can't win the game. So Exquisite Archangel is never going to exile itself as long as Platinum Angel is in play. Oh, absolutely. But if the Archa- if if Platinum Angel ever leaves, then, Archa- then the Exquisite Archangel would exile itself immediately and bump you up to 20. Yeah. Which if is you're kinda... at, say, negative 50. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Because you can't get the negative life with Platinum Angel in play. But that's like a super narrow thing that's probably going to happen once. Hey, you know, props to whoever whoever does it out there, you know. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Fun card. So next up... Let's talk about MTG Goldfish spoiler, which was Secret Salvage, which is a super weird card, but it's three black black for a rare sorcery. You exile a non-land card from your graveyard, then search your library for any number of cards with the same name as that card, reveal them, put them into your hand, then shuffle your library. It's interesting. This This is such a Saffron Olive card, it's not even funny. Oh, it's not even close. It's exactly that type of card. Um, Pe- the do you think <laughs> things I've seen, and this is not going to be like standard or anything relevant, <laughs> Relentless Rats. Oh, yeah, Relentless Rats or Shadowborn Apostles. <laughs> <laughs> basically, basically, those two cards are ones that say you can play more than your standard set four of them in your deck, or if it's EDH, one of. So you can basically just play a bunch of Relentless Rats or 60 Shadowborn Apostles. Yeah. Now that said, in standard, it's it's weird and it's it is a very unique effect and it's a very powerful effect. It really depends what you're trying to get with it. People are saying hedron alignment. <laughs> well, hedron alignment is obviously like the go-to right now, but we'll see. We'll see if hedron alignment secret salvage ends up being a thing. I don't think it will, but somebody's going to be cute with it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) So let's go ahead and move on to a card that got everybody excited. Uh, I got excited when I read it, and I know a bunch of other people did as well. Uh, This is also our first Revolt card with Renegade Rallier. Okay, so we we should probably talk about Revolt first. I mean, it mentions it in the thing first. So Revolt is a new mechanic, this set, that was kind of unveiled to us all. And it basically reads... When it, it'll stay like when this enters a battlefield, or some have at the beginning of your end step. So it's when X time happens. If a permanent you control left the battlefield this turn, do Y. So for this one, Renegade Rallier, which is a one green white three two human warrior, it just has revolt. When Renegade Rallier enters the battlefield, so your X enters the battlefield, if a permanent you control left the battlefield this turn, so remember, that could be sacking a land, 
or um, with you know fetch land or uh, having a creature you know, die, having yeah, a creature get bounced, evolving wilds, um, cracking a clue. Yep. Um, ultimating a planeswalker. <laughs> Lots of things can trigger revolt. Right. So a permanent, a permanent, leaving the back. Um, so this one says return target permanent card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So he's just going and grabbing something out of your yard. So if it's a creature that happened to be two mana that left the battlefield, put it right back on the battlefield. Oh yeah. Also, There's also a bunch of cards in the set that enable this, such as Yeheni, where you can sack creatures to them. That uh, counts as leaving the battlefield. Uh, there are also, cards that flicker themselves or bounce themselves that also will trigger the rallier. Also, um, this still grabs... If, like, say you crack an Evolving Wilds for this. You put the Evolving Wilds back on the battlefield. <laughs> yes, you could totally do that. <laughs> it's like... Because rallier says permanent, which is weird. Yeah. Like and some of them, a lot. Like there are a lot of cards to note that will say permanent card. Now remember, a land is a permanent with a converted mana cost of zero. Yeah. So just All, keep that in mind. The only non-permanents are instants and sorceries, as everybody should probably know. Uh, but Renegade Rally is silly. I don't know if it has legs in any in older formats or even if it even has legs in standard. Um, but I do know that a really cool line would be to say cast a Snapcaster Mage, attack, have it die or whatever, then play Rallier to bring back the Snapcaster Mage to flashback something else. Or you play this on turn three, you crack a fetch land, play this on turn three, bring back your fetch land, crack it again, and you can just go off. Yeah, this this card is... This card would probably see... Would have probably seen play in the old Bant Company decks. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Play this at instant speed? Ugh. Especially if it's like, oh, you bounced something of mine. Now I'm going to play this and get something back to the battlefield. This is also not counting the fact that it's a human in green-white, and it can get back a Thalia's lieutenant. Barf, barf, barf. Barf, barf, barf. Yeah. I also heard um, you like, uh, what's it called? Thraven Inspector. <laughs> yep. How do you like part, do- part two? Yeah. <laughs> It's back for more inspecting. No, th- these cards are really cool. Um, but yeah, let's roll on to another Renegade. But this one is Renegade Map. John, what is Renegade Map? Renegade Map is a one-mana common artifact that enters the battlefield tapped, and you can tap and sack it to search your library for a basic land, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Now, this is a common, and it's an artifact. Um, and this is not super impactful. It's worse than Traveler's Amulet, which is one to play, then one to sack and get a basic land. Uh, you can't use Renegade Map immediately. Why am I including Renegade Map in this? Because my first question about this upcoming limited format is, can you do the same multicolor shenanigans that you could do in Kaladesh with stuff like a Tune with Ether and Wild Wanderer? And Renegade Map tells me, yes, because it's colorless, which lets more decks get into the fun of being three plus colors instead of having to be green blue. And it also does an admirable job of replacing a tune with ether. Granted it doesn't get you energy, but it's definitely a valuable card to see for this style of deck. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's kind of like a weird slower expedition map, but like the thing with stuff like expedition map is you could literally play it. And if you had the mana, crack it that turn like yeah. this one you don't have to pay into it which is kind of nice but yeah, it does have the slow s- slow but it's free 
once you once it. Also, keep in mind we haven't kind of covered this yet, but there is a uh, what's it called? There is another actual mechanic in the set called improvise. That yes, actually we haven't talked about this, but improvise. So it's a mechanic that says it's essentially like convoke, but for artifacts. So your artifacts can help cast a spell. Each artifact you tap after you're done activating mana abilities pays for one. So basically, you have to pay the mana into it, and then you can improvise. So, for example, uh, my my card for the best name in the set, uh, the Free Jam Regent, is four red red for a four four dragon at rare with improvise. It has flying, and you can pay one in the red to give it plus two plus zero oh until end of turn. You can tap four artifacts and only have to pay red red for Free Jam Regent. Right, so it means say you have, you know, you play your Renegade map on one and you don't necessarily need to crack that land card just for, for a land just yet. Like, say you, you draw your second land, so okay, cool, I'm going to play that. Then you draw your third, you already have two, three lands in hand, you draw another land, so you're at four and you're like, all right, well, I don't really need to take this out right now. I can use it to help cast something like a free jam region or if you wanted to. I mean, granted, you can get a land, but you can cast it a turn early because at that point it's essentially acting as a mana rock. Yeah. Now, a big thing with Improvise is it does specify after you activate mana abilities. So if you, say, have a Worn Power Stone in older formats, uh, you can't tap, you can't double dip the chip. You can't tap it for mana and tap it for Improvise. It's one or the other. Yeah, so it's a nice little way to kind of like say to, to close that potential loophole that you know someone would have tried to exploit. Oh, someone would have. But it definitely gets around that, that thing. Yeah, but it's still... Not a bad uh, little mechanic, but yeah. So, running a map is just a cool little nifty card, and John, loving his limited, put it in there. And I don't, I mean, I don't blame you. Like, no. the art is really cool too. Lake Hurwitz did an is, awesome job. As <laughs> usual, the art is fantastic in, for Magic cards, just in general. Oh yeah, they they've done an. Um, the art directors this set, both Kaladesh and Aether Revolt, nailed it, hit it out of the park. Yeah. But I love like some of the comments are like, it's just like the Marauders map. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Well, according to the artwork, basically shows like that. Yeah. So anyway, let's. So let's. I mean, let's just. Uh, we already mentioned it. Let's free jam region. <laughs> yeah. Uh, spoiled by Magic the Amateur and Gals, as we said, six mana with improvise, four red red, four four flyer with big fire breathing. Uh, this guy seems like a really good finisher in limited. I don't know if it'll it'll see standard play, but I mean, casting this for red red maybe on like turn three or four seems pretty good to me. Yeah, um, we don't really know what kind of artifact-ish kind of deck might be out there. Like, the only one we know of really in standard is the Vehicles deck that actually really focuses on a... That. I mean, I, I don't see why you can't just jam a free jam in there or two as another way to, like, as basically your quote-unquote top-end finisher. And if you want to just pop it out quickly, you just tap some of your vehicles down for a turn. Yeah, and this Pop actually goes to there. something of one of my minor complaints about Kaladesh, which is very minor, is that this is supposed to be an artifact block, but to me it doesn't feel like an artifact block. It feels like the energy block that just happens to have a bunch of artifacts. Uh, Improvise solves some of those problems, um, but Improvise just kind of seems shoehorned in, shoehorned in here because it's, it is an artifact manager's mechanic that we really didn't have one in Kaladesh, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's even so. I still in, I still like the fact that they've created an artifact convoke. Yeah, which is apparently they were trying out affinity for artifacts, and Eric Lauer, the head, lead developer, was like, 
Don't do that. Stop. Have you seen the deck called, I don't know, Affinity? Affinity. Yeah. <laughs> did you see what it did to Standard back then? Stop this right now. So they did, where, what, what happens if it only works for one spell a turn? Or one spell at a time? And that's what, that's what Improvise came to be. Yeah. So anyway, actually, before we move on to the next card we have on the list, I actually want to jam one in here. Uh, sure. Speaking of, so I've likened it to Convoke. And I guess you could say, like, the banner card for Convoke is Court of Calling. Yep. Which is the lovely X green, green, green instant with Convoke. So you um, tap a creature to help pay one mana cost for the X. And it says, search your library for creature card with converted mana X or less and put it on the battlefield, shuffle your library. Well, we have one for artifacts now, and it's called Whir of Invention. It's X blue, blue, blue for an instant rare that has improvised. So remember, you'll have to pay blue, 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 and then you can, or if you have any mana rocks, you tap them, put the mana in there, and then you tap any extra artifacts you have to create your X, where it says, search your library for an artifact card with converted mana cost X or less, put it on the battlefield, and then shuffle your library. So blue, 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 find my mox. Blue, 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 two, find my time vault. Uh, blue, 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 three, find my sword. Uh, I, I would be utterly unsurprised if this makes it into the next iteration of the Vintage Cube. Oh, absolutely. I already know that a bunch of the Highlander players for Canadian Highlander are already talking about this card, and I would be very surprised if this ended up not being pointed. Cord's uh, not pointed, but this is potentially... This has, finds artifacts. This I, finds I, busted things. I, I know. That's what I was going to tell him, like, saying, Cord isn't pointed, but this finds those old busted things that you could potentially cheat out. Um, I think it's great. Tutors are oh, amazing, yeah. and I, I've, I mean, it's very, very, it's just straight up blue quarter, like blue artifact quarter calling, like straight yeah. up everything down to tapping artifacts to help pull it out. But it really depends if there's a for standard at least. It really depends how good this artifact control deck that might appear is for War of Invention to be good. And the other question is whether Smuggler's Copter and the vehicles decks just keep that deck just in check too much. Yeah, it, and remember, the vehicle decks are mostly red, white, or Mardu, so red, yep. white, black. So going blue, blue, blue in those decks is rough. Yeah, because I, I do not want to pay five mana to find my Smuggler's Copter, thank you. No, that just seems ridiculous. However, I'm happy it exists now as a card. Oh, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's one of those cards that's like, I didn't know I needed this card in the ever-expanding Magic card pool, but I'm glad it's here now. Welcome Absolutely. to the party. And whoever designed it, thanks for putting it in here. Oh, yes. So now let's go to um, one of the biggest cards in the set, uh, Aetherwind Basker, which is four green, green, green for a mythic lizard, which is a 7-7 seven, seven trample. And then it, ha it says, whenever Aetherwind Basker enters the battlefield or attacks, you get an energy for each creature you control. And then you can pay an energy to get the Basker plus one, plus one till end of turn. This, this guy is, ends games. This guy is just asking you to have a go-wide strategy in... If, say, you have this in your deck in Limited, like, go wide, slam it on turn 7 or 8, get, like, 6 or 7 energy, and just bash for a ton. Oh, yeah. 
works it a, very well with Fabricate. Works give it a well pump, with all the other cards. Give it a pump spell or two, and then just pay a ton of energy into it, and just let it roll over your opponent. There is a funny other card, another card that was spoiled. Uh, I know what the English name is, but I've already forgotten it. Uh, I think it's Lightning Runner. It was spoiled in German, and its German name is uh, Blitzlaufen. Hold on, which I'll is hold up for a sec. It is three it. red red for a um, two two mythic with I believe haste and double strike, which yeah. is in German Doppelschlag. Oh, Doppelschlag, so good. <laughs> and <laughs> whenever um, the lightning runner attacks, you get two energy, and then if you spend eight energy, uh, you untap all your creatures and you get an extra combat phase after this man. People, um, people are going to find a way to break this. People will want to, or try to break this, I should say. Because any, if you have any, four lightning lightning runners, you just have infinite attack steps. And then if you have eight creatures, one of which is a lightning runner, one of which is an Aetherwind Basker, you have infinite attack steps, and you also are attacking with a 7-7 seven, seven Trample. <laughs> That's goofy. Well, actually, no. that only works with six creatures, but still, it's silly. It's a it's an, a mythic for a reason. Anytime you're going to attack that thing, there is an additional combat phase. Like, good old Hellkite Charger. Yeah. Good old Aurelia the War Leader. Yeah. Like, good these old, are silly. There's this Bandit Warlord dude. Yeah. Good oh, Godo? Yeah. Godo, Bandit Warlord. All yeah. those lovely little, like, get an additional attack phase. They're, they're high cost for a reason, but they're hilarious. Oh, yeah. But yeah, these are mythics. They're meant to be good, and they're good. But seriously, Doppelschlag? Double strike? Love it. <laughs> Us English speakers talking about how funny words sound in other languages. Hey, man, I love some of the German words on the German cards for some of the magic abilities are just endlessly oh, yeah. hilarious to me. German is a fantastic language. It um, can, definitely can be. So. so let's go from one mythic to another mythic. This one was spoiled by the professor of the Tularean Community College, which is Gonti's Aetherheart. Yeah, so Gonti's Aetherheart is, like John said, a mythic. It's a six-mana legendary artifact. Um, now it says, whenever Gonti's Aetherheart or another artifact enters the battlefield under your control, you get two energy. Pay eight energy, exile Gonti's Aetherheart. Take an extra turn after this one. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's not super abusable because it exiles itself, and they've been doing this on extra turn effects so you don't get into these weird loops. Uh, but the Ether Heart is a very interesting card. Uh, obviously, it's, ener- it's supposed to be like a big energy payoff. Um, it's another card that combos with Warlord Virtuoso, um, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. It's also one of the first energy cards that made me seriously consider making a, say, energy commander deck. Because none of the cards yet really spoke to me for a commander, personally. Uh, but some of the other cards we're seeing in this set are making me more inclined to push in a energy direction for my commander decks. Yeah, you've, all right, so even commander and everything aside, like, can I just say the, the lore with this card? The flavor is just... Mwah, so oh, good. Yes. So, like, the one that was one thing when... Uh, we first saw them with Gonti is I'm like alright so this is like a crime boss how did Aetherborn have a short lifespan hat? like how were they living so long I mean obviously we now know like some of the vampire thing but I mean if Gonti themselves wasn't a 
Aetherborn vampire, how are they living so long? He just, I mean, they just use their, I guess, crime bossiness to grab a bunch of Aether and pop it in their heart and keep themselves flowing. Yeah, the flavor text says, despite the magic that sustains Gonti's life, the crime lord is often described as heartless. It's so good. Oh, yes. It is fantastic. And so art is just mm, so good. Like we just keep saying, we so can just say that about every card, though. Well, but I know, but it's it's so good. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so let's go ahead and move on to another card, which is Winding Constrictor. Uh, just like Kaladesh, we have a cycle of gold uncommons. I don't think we've seen them all yet, but Winding Constrictor is one of the first. Uh, spoiled by Marshall Sutcliffe of Limited Resources. It is green black for a uncommon snake. It's a two three with two replacement effects. Uh, the first is if one or more counters would be placed on an, on an artifact or creature you control, put that many counters plus one on it instead. And if you would get one or more, if you, the player, get one or more counters, you get that many counters plus one instead. So it's a hardened scales on a creature for counters on creatures and artifacts and counters on you. Yeah, so about this card, <laughs> I just want to say something right off the bat. The, the main talk was everyone's like, oh my gosh, in fact, in fact. And I'm sitting there like, oh, honey, there's no way in heck in fact is going to jump through hoops for this card. No, people, you have to, you, people you like, have to start playing red so you can give it to your opponent people, so that they get people, extra infect people are, Yeah, people are basically saying like, oh yeah, you can just like, you know, harmless offering it to your opponent with infect. And I'm like, first of all, green, black infect doesn't want this card. Nope. They're not going to play red to make Jund infect, which is nope. just diluting the deck even further. You're putting cards in there for a wonky win con that doesn't really actually project you, propel you forward to your victory. And I'm just like, man, you guys have played infect, but you haven't played against it. You haven't actually played it. <laughs> However, uh, I will say about one constrictor, it is fantastic in commander because it can give you extra experience counters. Uh, yeah, actually. I'll, I'll do a quick little side here. Uh, over the holidays, um, I actually played a five-player commander game. We kind of modified the rules a little bit. No commander damage and started at 30 life because there was five of us. But it was with uh, me, Lindsay, and three of her brothers. Um, and she has f- five of them, so <laughs> we just didn't play with two of them. But one of them was on Marin. And this card yeah. goes straight into Marin. I like basically was at their house when this was unveiled. I'm like, yo, you want this card. He's like, yeah, I want that card. <laughs> I, w- I want it right now. Um, you know what? Actually, You're right. They got, like, he got Marin. Like, one of his brothers got Marin online when we were playing. And I'm like, he needs to die. And they're like, oh, and I'm like, no, he needs to die. He has Marin online. He's going to start, inf- I forget what card he had, like, cards he had out, but he basically was going to start infinitely looping things. And I was like, he will get this will get out of control and people are going to die. You need to kill him now. And then I end up winning the game. <laughs> yeah, Marin um, is a kill on sight card because it is very silly. We didn't have any ways to kill it on sight. What? Well, we we'd used the I'd used a bunch of my other kill and exile cards on other things yeah. beforehand. Speaking of kill on sight, you want to talk about a card that is being either completely overhyped or is never going to live up to the lofty expectations that have been placed on it. Uh, Fatal Push is a single black mana for an uncommon instant. It reads, destroy target creature if it has converted mana cost two or less, which relevant, you can target creatures that don't have the right CMC and just won't do anything, but it has Revolt, 
where you destroy that creature if it has CMC four or less instead, if a permanent you controlled left the battlefield this turn. This card, I saw this and was like, oh, man. Because it's given black an amazing removal spell. Now, remember, converted mana costs two or less. Like we mentioned earlier in the episode, a land is a card with converted mana cost of zero. Well, you can't target lands, but... If it's land, a creature, if it's lands, a creature land, that would work. Yes, that's what I'm getting at. I groan because of in fact, this is just a way to kill uh, another way for them to actually kill out uh, our Ink Moth Nexus. So this was given to the collected to um, the Masters of Modern podcast um, because this is a single black answer to a myriad of problems in modern, ranging from the one to two CMC threats of Goblin Guide, Glistener Elf, Blighted Agent, Noble Hierarch, Tarmogoy, Snapcaster Mage, Bob, as in Dark Confidant, and so on, but also it hits the three and ups, which include but are not limited to Kalidus, PNQ, and Nalar. Oh, um, who else? Are the, what are the other big three, two to three mana threat or three to four mana threats? Uh, Thought Not Seer, um, Eldrazi Displacer. It kills so many things. Yeah, and Legacy. This oh, yeah. It's Stoneforge, Deathrite Shaman. <laughs> it's like... Ugh. Oh, it hits, yeah. sco- it hits Scooze. It hits, it hits Scavenging Ooze. Who, who sometimes will grow out of the range of your damage-based removal. It's an extra one-man removal spell for Jund and Abzan, and also the most important color combination that gets this is a well it's really close it's really close between Esper and Sultai. Because mm-hmm. Fatal Push is is a one mana answer to a lot of threats that those decks normally don't have answers to. Yeah, I was gonna say Grixis, but Grixis has bolt, which Grixis can has deal bolt. With a lot of stuff. Mardu has bolt and path already. But, but no, it's yeah. just an Black fantastic. Black based decks in modern are just like, yeah, give me that extra removal spell. Also, this card's just good in, in standard as well. Let's just put that out of the way right now. Revolt's going to be harder to get in standard unless you just want to keep a um, a fetch land lying around. But other um, than that, Fatal Push is just... Or uh, Evolving Wilds, I meant. But Fatal Push is just going to be great. Kalidus. Uh, hits, it hits Kalidus after no, 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 a... No, 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 but I'm saying you have a Kalidus out. Sack, oh, yeah. Sack, 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 vamp, sack one, you know, one of your zombies to him. Boop, Fatal Push. Uh, so four mana, put two plus one counters on Kalidus, destroy a creature, CMC four or less. Sure, I'll buy it. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not bad. It's not bad. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> and keep so, in mind that when you destroy a creature, it's dying, so you're going to get another zombie. Yes, that is true. <laughs> it, it feeds, so the next it feeds its I, own beast. It does feed its own beast. That's true. So the next card I want to talk about was one of the first ones spoiled, and that is Green Belt Rampager which is a very interesting card for the energy decks. Uh, Ian, why don't you tell us what the Rampager does? Yeah, I saw this one, and I was like, ooh, team or energy midrange? What up? Because it's Green Belt Rampager is Green Belt Rampager is a one mana. It's a, it's a green, just one green. 3-4, uh, creature elephant. Uh, what's the downside? Okay, yeah, it's like 3-4 <laughs> for one. Uh, what's the downside? Yeah, so it says, when Green Belt Rampager enters the battlefield, pay two energy, period. If you can't return Greenbelt Rampager to its owner's hand, and you get one energy. So you can go green to get an energy, then pay another green to get another energy, and then pay a green to get your Greenbelt Ram- Rampager. Or, or you just go turn one, attune with Aether, turn two Greenbelt Rampager, swing for three on turn three. 
Yeah. Uh, also, this is a re- a reference to Rogue Elephant, which is a one mana three three in green that it you sack it unless you sack a forest. Also, what's great about this one is you know Revolt. Yeah. This this card, this card right here is a one mana I can trigger Revolt card because it will leave the battlefield as long as you don't have two energy. Yeah, it is a must. So if you have the two energy and you play the Rampager, you can't choose not to pay the two energy to go to three energy. Correct. That's you why. have to pay. Yeah. You have to pay the two energy for the Green Pot Rampager. Yep. So that's why um, when I was reading, I said period because like you pay this two energy. Yeah. And then if People's, you can't, this is what's gonna happen. People are gonna say like, oh, well, I choose not to. It's like no, it is a non-choice clause. You have to pay the energy. One of the biggest mistakes that people make is they add or subtract maze whenever they feel like it. As long as it suits their play. Yeah. But, I mean, like I mentioned, teamer energy midrange, this is just a pretty decent card to go in there because you're going to be getting a lot of energy. Yep. I mean, you can easily get a ton of energy if you just have uh, something like Aether Hubs lying around in your deck as well and a bunch of other stuff. It's yep. going to be easy to get some energy if your deck is focused on pumping some energy. And heck, you might even be looking you know, with some cards that have Revolt in that deck as well. I, just, I think it's really cool, efficient, but you also have to kind of work for it card. Yeah. It's definitely... Green, green, green for a 3-4 is not like playing Leatherback Bailoff. This is definitely GGG for a four five. This is definitely something you need to have stuff go right to get it down on turn two. This is definitely a hyper efficient threat for the mid game. Yes, this is one early game if you get it early enough. Well, yeah, I'm I'm just like anticipating. Okay, maybe we're gonna get a smattering of energy here there because we don't know necessarily how prevalent the energy gain is gonna be in Aether Revolt. Because remember, you get two packs of Aether Revolt, one pack of Kaladesh. Yes. So we don't necessarily know the full scope of energy gaining cards quite yet. So just initial impressions for me, I'm like, okay, turn four, turn five, I should have two energy. If my deck's looking to make energy and I've drafted around that kind of strategy, I should be able to get a three, four for one and play another creature as well. Yeah. So I'm looking looking at it as a really good, efficient creature. Absolutely. Because three fours are big. It's got that booty. We've mentioned energy, we've mentioned the two new mechanics, Improvise, as well as uh, Revolt. We haven't mentioned vehicles yet, so let's go ahead and talk about one vehicle, which is Untethered Express. Untethered Express is a four-mana artifact vehicle at Uncommon. It's a 4-4 trample vehicle that whenever it attacks, you put a plus-plus counter on it. And you might be going, oh, okay, so it's probably got, what, crew two or three? No, it's got crew one. <laughs> this card is so ridiculous, and I love it. <laughs> this card's silly. <laughs> the flavor text is perfect. It says rules and rails are made to be broken. Like, you thought Renegade Freighter was good. No. <laughs> the first the first comment I saw was with this card uh, quoted on Twitter. It's like, it's like players. Are, it's like players. It's like, oh, at least we only have one pack for Renegade Freighter now. And then it says Waf, Watsy, muffled laughter. <laughs> to be fair, freighters are common. This isn't uncommon. This is allowed to be more powerful, but holy hell, this card's really good. <laughs> You've got two packs to get this bad boy. Yeah. It, oh my gosh. <sighs> this card is... I'm going to lose so many games to this card. This card is stupid, and I love it. So many cards. All right. Uh, we're going to go ahead and skip another card that was spoiled today, because I want to talk about the cards that you guys uh, suggested that we talk about. Uh, first up, we have uh, from at Luminaire P... 
uh, they wanted to mention the fact that Shock is being reprinted. Good old Lumi. Yay. Yeah, he's one of my PS4 playing buddies and stuff like that. But yeah, we got Shock back. Which is one red instant deal two damage to a creature or player. This, it's, it's one of your stand, like, this is the card that the term Shocklands gets its nickname from. That remember the yep. ones that enter the battlefield tapped unless you pay two life or so yeah it quote unquote shocks you this is shock it's it's yeah. instant it's instant burn that we've needed it's not bolt we're not gonna get bolt no like but shock is the quote fixed bolt yeah it's the cheaper bolt i mean yeah. if you want your three damage instant at player or creature you need to pay one in a red now with lightning strikes but we got shock yeah. so I don't know if this will see standard play, but it's good enough. It usually will. Uh, it just depends on how big. This might be a sideboard for stuff if you need removal for tiny guys. I don't know if it beats out Gunvana Bombardment, however. But that's, oh, you know. Well, it doesn't kill Copter either. No, yeah, Shock doesn't hit Copter. That's a big one. Yeah, that's kind Anyways. of bad for it. But I'm happy it's back. Thanks for, thanks for the uh, suggestion, Lumi. Yep, next we have uh, Admiral Mimo. Hey, I know that guy. Yeah, Mimo. He's uh, he, one of... He, he, he mods for somebody, right? Yeah, he's one of the Lord Chat mods. And also... Uh, he, yeah, he wanted us to talk about the... Um, it's not Industrial Tower, that's the wrong name. It was Tower of Industry, I believe, is the actual English name. Yeah, because this was spoiled in a Japanese card, so obviously the translation was going to be a bit off. But it's a land at rare. Uh, it says, tap to add wingdings colorless, one colorless to your mana pool uh and also has tap pay one life add one mana of any color to your mana pool activate this ability only when you control an artifact so my my take on this card is that it's the quote fixed glimmer void because glimmer void is um it taps for any color of mana but if you don't have an artifact you sack it at the beginning of your end step this whereas is this just you're just allowed to have it but it just doesn't tap for mana this, or colored mana, unless you have an artifact. Yeah, so this, there's a um, another card from way back in the day from Onslaught called Grand Coliseum that entered a battlefield yep. tapped and had basically this. It's tap for one, and you tap to add one mana of any colored mana pool. It deals one damage. So this is kind of different. You have to pay life when you're doing it. However, it has that fixed um, mana confluence kind of clause where, like I said, Grand Coliseum, it deals a damage to you when it's tapped. Or no, it's uh, the City of Brass. Well, so it's, uh, this Grand is, Coliseum, it's part of the mana ability. City of Brass is just whenever it becomes tapped. Yeah, so the City of, this is kind of like that fixed City of Brass thing. But it also is like Glimmer Void, Mana Confluence, and City of Brass all kind of got together, said, yo, let's just add a colorless mana and go. So I, yeah, think, I believe that this card is probably going to see play if an artifact control deck happens, which I'm seeing a lot of pieces for an artifact control deck in standard. Uh, what people are also talking about in terms of constructed-wise, if you go to modern, is everyone's like, oh, let's go infinity. It's like, no, it's not going in infinity. But everyone's talking about lantern. Uh, it can go in either. Uh, it's obviously going to be a budget option for Glimmer Voids. Um, yeah. Also, if you get Herkled, if you get Herkles recalled, you don't lose your, you won't lose your Tower of Industry, but you will lose your Glimmer Voids. Yeah, you can just um, use the one thing. But people are also saying, like, for lan- uh, Lantern decks, like, they use Tendo Ice Bridge, which has the counter on it. But this is just like you just pay one life, and you know. It's also been they've also used Ether Hub as well. But wow, they've been using Ether Hub. There's there's actually a debate between the two, between Ice Bridge and Ether Hub, because uh, Ether Hub puts a trigger on the stack that your opponents could respond to, whereas Tendo Ice Bridge just comes with the counter, 
and there are times where you just you don't want that trigger to go on the stack. Oh, because you it get gives, blown out. Oh, yeah, because it gives them a response to respond to a land entering yeah. the field. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Anyways, I forgot uh, about this. Is definitely going to see play in standard. It might see play in older formats. It's going to see play in commander because you have forty life to play with, and artifact decks want ways of making sure that their mana is fixed for their colored spells. Oh yeah, it's fixing. It's good fixing, and even like in limited, if you're able to get a somewhat artifacty kind of deck going. This will be fine. Oh, yeah. It's a good splash card. Oh, yeah, definitely. So thank you, Mimo, for that. And then lastly, we have at Metalupus, who I... He plays Destiny with you, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. Also met Bob at GP... Uh, Min, no, it's Minneapolis. Yeah, Minneapolis. There you go. Yeah. Uh, he wanted us to talk about the Loading Ready Run preview card, which is definitely... It's definitely a Loading Ready Run card. Uh, it is Release the Gremlins, Ian... What happens when you release the gremlins? Well, to release them, you have to pay X, X, red. That's right, it's got a double X cost. Meaning, for it to do it once, you have to pay three mana, and then five mana, and so on and so forth. But, it's a sorcery, rare, that reads, destroy X target artifacts. Create X, two, two red gremlin creature tokens. You're just killing well. a bunch of artifacts and putting a bunch of gremlins on the battlefield, because they're you know, spawning like rabbits, I guess. Uh, you know what the number one complaint about this card is? It wasn't given to MTA cast. <laughs> uh, no, but I know that was also a complaint. Uh, it, it doesn't say up to X target artifacts, so you can't do, like, on your turn, pay, like, nine mana and make four two twos. Oh, yeah, you have to have targets for the actual destruction. You have to have X targets for the release, for art, art, X target artifacts, excuse me, X artifacts for the release of the gremlins to actually go off. It is kind of flavorful, though, because remember, gremlins in the story here are ones that are eating, you know, eating artifacts and eating the aether in them and then kind of procreating via that, those means to, you know, feed themselves. It's their food. Yeah, so destroying the exact same number of tokens that you get kind of makes sense in that kind of manner. But, yeah, I think it's hilarious. Um, probably not a high... Probably not a pack one, pick one, unless the pack is incredibly weak. Um, no. But it's definitely one of those, if you're in red and somewhere down your draft, you're like, I need a, a way to get rid of some artifacts I've seen going around. I'm just going to grab this rare that's being passed around. It's better than Demolish. To be fair as well, if you're in a green-red deck that has some of those cards that... There are some cards out there that turn your guys into a bunch of mana dorks. Yeah. Um, or make a bunch of mana. We actually got a mana dork spoiled today. Um, one green, one three, tap to add green to your mana pool, so it's a two mana. That's where, remember, we're paying two mana for our mana dorks these days. Yep. I mean, if you can get a, one or two of those and, you know, have a way to ramp some stuff out, it's not terrible at a yeah, sideboard. it's not bad at all. So, but yeah, think I, I, think, I think it's a cool card, and it is very much a lure card. If you haven't already, we're going to put a link in the, the bottom for this card to their yes. actual... Uh, all the review videos uh, for this, but the Lur one is especially kind of funny. Oh, the Lur always has great, great card reveals. Oh, uh, definitely. Anyways, so that's so the, that's gonna do it for the cards we wanted to talk about because we wanted to spend a little bit of time to talk about our New Year's magic resolutions. Yes, it's the New Year. It's the fourth, so a little late on it, but still, good time to do oh, some yes. resolutions. So, John, yeah, what would you like to do, accomplish, or you know, work towards? 
in 2017, magic-wise? Uh, well, the first one is I want to judge more events because I became an L1 judge uh, last year, but I didn't get a ch- I didn't actually judge as many events as I would like. So I think one of the things that I want to do is I want to be able to ju- uh, I want to judge more events. I want to actively be a judge and you know participate in the community in that regard. I've been playing a lot, and I think I want to try to judge a little bit more than I have been in the past. That's cool. Um, so I'm assuming like level two. I don't know how that works. Like how many year gate like. What's the year gate on that kind of thing? Is it like you? Just- it's not a time thing to be an L two. It's a experience thing to get to be an L two. Oh, so you, you need- have to do so many events. You have to, you know, be active, and you have to show a willingness to want to be an L two and all that other fun stuff. So this will definitely like that kind of goal will definitely help you towards potentially if you would like to in the future go towards L two. Be like, hey, I've done a lot more events this year, kind of thing. Yeah, like L two shoulders you with a little bit more responsibility, like. Once you're an L2, you're probably you're expected to go to several GPs a year. Oh uh, yeah, that's as right. A judge staff. That's right. Because so. they changed it up, so it's only just level, three levels now. Yeah. But Anyways, even so, that's still kind of cool. Also, being an L2 means you head you you're able, you are the head judge for PPTQs because PPTQs require two judges on staff, an L2 and an L1. Got. Gotcha. Or one L3, I think. I don't remember. Anyways, yeah. uh, the other thing that I want to do is I've day two two GPs in a row, which I'm very happy with. Uh, but I want to get that pro point now. I want to not just make day two, but I want to do well in day two. And that's been my number one issue this year. And if possible, I want to fix it next year. You got the, the thirst thirst for blood. <laughs> the chum is in the water. Oh, yes. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah. So. so, Ian, what are your New Year's magic resolutions? Well, kind of uh, spooling off of your last one. Um, I, I did make it all the way to needing a win and in i had like a couple win and in chances to make day two of grand prix portland and my deck just did not cooperate with me uh that was my last hurrah for my company deck and i lost in the company mirror in round nine rather handily and i just want to make a day two like yeah i'll make a day two and then i'll look for that getting that pro point or caching or something like that down the line but i just want to get that day two i haven't actually done that yet um like John and I kind of mentioned earlier, we're looking at GP Vegas. Yeah. Um, that's Legacy. We're, I'm going to be doing Legacy in the modern event for that one. So that's two Grand Prix in a row, same little venue, with decks that I should be relatively comfortable with. Um, but how I'm going to get comfortable with that even more, especially Legacy, because I don't really know jack about that, is to play just play more Magic. Um, <laughs> I moved last year. Uh, we started the podcast up a little after I moved out to... Um, the Seattle, the well, Washington area um, at Fort, Fort Lewis, and between that plus settling into my new unit, and then life got crazy at the unit because I had like a change of command thing that made me have to do a bunch of inventories, which kind of ate up my life for a couple months. I was just like, I'd get home and be like, I just want to relax, and I didn't um, really have a good work life balance with that. That would you know let me work in playing more magic so i'm just gonna play more magic online and hopefully stream more that's my other goal is i know when i did a legacy stream last year and i say last year and i think about it, i'm like yeah i streamed some legacy last year oh my god that was back in like august <laughs> yeah so um i definitely want to stream more of legacy because i'm gonna be playing in fact probably both um in vintage or not vintage uh, legacy and modern for the vegas grand prix i just need to get more comfortable with legacy as a format and the only way to do that is to play more but 
I kind of don't know where to even start. So I know when I did my legacy streams, it was great that I had a lot of viewers. Chat was really helpful in terms of like, okay, you want to wasteland now, or you want to hold your stifle or hold your fluster storm or hold your counter right this one, brainstorm now, put these back with the brainstorm, do all this and like just learning the intricacies that make legacy that much more legacy. Yeah, make it legacy more complex than modern in terms of when to pick your spots more so than modern you just want to go full bore uh yeah with infect whereas legacy you're not as you got you have to really pick your spots carefully because the decks are just so much more powerful and i really need to play more magic and stream more to help me get that uh confidence up but i'm looking forward to 2017 um looking forward to the sets coming out uh, like i just want to play more magic because i kind of mentioned this like a podcast or two ago um, that I've really only drafted Kaladesh like two or three times. Like, it, it's a fun set. I've enjoyed watching other people draft it. I just haven't had the time or the heart to draft it. So, Aether Vault looks hilarious, and I'm definitely looking forward to pre-release. I already have myself signed up with Lindsay for doing a two-headed giant. So, I will say it will be it'll be sad to see Minister of Inquiries go away from being in every pack because the past two drafts I've milled someone out. <laughs> he he wheels way too he, much. It's true, but you have to be a dedicated energy deck. Like he's not good if he's your only energy card. But oh, anyways, yeah, true. But even so, like nowadays, people are more focused on some other things, and they're not even really focused on him at all. But yeah. that's kind of fun. So uh, should be before should, we sign off. Should be a great year though. Should be a great years before we sign off. Uh, the Magic Mike's spoiler just dropped. Uh, here you go. Are you ready, Ian? Uh, yes, I am ready. My body is ready. Uh, it is a artifact creature construct. It is, its name is Treasure Keeper, which is a 4-mana 3-3 at Uncommon. When Treasure Keeper dies, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a non-land card with convert a mana cost 3 or less. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost, put all revealed cards not cast this way on the bottom of, on the bottom of your library in a random order. Intriguing. Yeah, it is a, it's an interesting card. Um, not sure how good it is. Uh, it definitely wants you to sacrifice it in some way so that you can um, trigger your revolt abilities and do stuff like that. Um, it's interesting, to say the least. People are, so I'm looking at some of the comments of on Mythic Spoiler, and people are like, so death triggered Cascade, basically. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> and pe- uh, people put it saying like, you can do emerge. with this. You can treasure keeper into a matter reshaper. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just just for value. And every, um, and also, which one to comment? This is an uncommon. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the, the, the show title is is purposely like that. Like this set is like so good. This set is ridiculous, man. There's so many powerful cards. This like is, we didn't even get to hidden herbalists two mana two two. Uncommon with Revolt that you get green green when it enters the battlefield, or gifted Etherborn black black Etherborn vampire two three death touch life link. Uh, they, we didn't they, get they've, to, they've unveiled um, a, they've unveiled a bunch of the uh, the multicolor the you know, the yeah. two color gold cycle cards and they're just um, we have Tez like Tezrit's touch one black yeah. one blue black enchantment aura it's just almost a slightly better uh, enchant it's uh, soul, soul artifact. artifact it's enchanted artifact because is a creature. 
with base power toughness 5-5 five, five, additions to other types. When the enchanted artifact is put into a graveyard, return it to its owner's hand. <sighs> yeah. And then we also didn't talk about mechanized production, two blue-blue mythic aura, enchant an artifact you control. At the beginning of your upkeep, you create a token that's a copy, and then if you have eight or more artifacts of the same name, you win the game. Servos. Like, come on. Servos for days. But yeah, this set is looking to be ridiculous, and LR cast got, or yeah, LR podcast got a, a bunch of little artifact uh, cycle implement implements or whatever it is go check yeah. those out it's i'm really looking forward to this set oh yeah the fact that it's only one week of spoilers does kind of cram everything together uh we'll need probably need to spend another week just talking about the other cards that we didn't get a chance to talk about today i'm perfectly um, fine with talking about that because you know we got the pre-release that week so oh yeah it's won't hurt helpful won't hurt to look over the uh i mean we already got a lot of crazy on commons won't hurt to just look over some of the the rest of the the best of the rest not at all for sure so so ian where can people find you on the social medias you guys can find me on twitter at dixon ij that's d-i-x-o-n-i-j and you guys can find me on twitch at twitch.tv slash dicks also i will see you at the loading ready run uh pre pre-release in chat or so just yes. look for me in other magic chats as well y'all better behave in that chat yeah Oh, VSL's back, too, speaking of Oh, Magic yeah, VSL's Man. back, too. Yeah, yeah. Awesome VSL. Yes. So, anyway, John, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. Uh, streams are still TBD at some point in the future, but that's that's for future John to worry about. <laughs> if you need to reach the podcast directly, you can do so on Twitter at eyesonthemise, or if you have a more, a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at eyesonthemise at gmail.com. Please give us your feedback. We love hearing back from you on how we can best improve the podcast. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. Mm-hmm.